This is episode 37 with David Schloss. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? It is Pay It Forward Friday, and I am so excited at this point. My calendar is completely full and booked up almost all the way through October. That's a big deal. May not seem like much to some, but I'm telling you right now, I am so excited to have some amazing guests lined up through the next two months. And what's really cool is we are gaining a lot of traction on iTunes and on my website at menofabundance.com. It appears that traffic is greatly increasing on iTunes and on the website because guests and listeners are sharing the episodes on their social media sites. I'm seeing the graphics everywhere. I mentioned this once before, but I got to say it again. Daniel over at Podcast Websites has greatly improved my show artwork, and that's what's being shared all over social media. That in turn is driving more people to listen to our show on iTunes and on the website. So once again, I want to thank all of you who are sharing on your social media sites. And I know who you are and you know I know because I pay it forward and I share your stuff on my site. That's just the abundant mentality. And Men of Abundance, if you're truly enjoying this experience and what you're getting out of this, I want to invite you to go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. Right now we have 23 reviews. Once we get to 50, iTunes starts sending us more traffic. And that's what we want. We want more men to come and listen to Men of Abundance. All right, enough about that. Now it's time to introduce our featured guest. David Schloss is an online entrepreneur who began marketing in 2007 from his college apartment. Over the years, he has helped hundreds of businesses improve their website traffic, customer acquisition, and revenue using social advertising. His business, Convert ROI, enables businesses to succeed by taking complicated social ad plans and seamlessly turning them into easy-to-follow revenue-producing campaigns. He has been rated as one of the top experts to watch by Forbes magazine in May 2016. David has been featured and interviewed on various podcasts and web shows around the topic of social advertising. David, welcome to Men of Abundance. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. When uh, let's see, I was talking with Cecile, and we met on Facebook, her and I, and we got referred through some other venue. I don't even remember. I get in contact and connected with so many people these days. I can't hardly keep track of everybody. But <laughs> she mentioned you, and she said that uh, I should take a look at you and see what's going on. She knew what I was doing, and she thought you'd be a perfect fit, and I agree. I appreciate that. Always good to hear from someone who uh, speaks highly of you and sees that in others as well. Exactly. Isn't that the coolest thing? Absolutely. Yeah. And our connections are definitely very important in in how we do business and everything we do in life in general. I agree 100%. So before we uh, get into the show, I like to start the show the same way I start my morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to be grateful for today? My friendships and the relationships that I've garnered over the last year. I've been through a lot of tough times and to have people in your corner support you and always believe in who you are and, and what you stand for, uh, it, it really pushes me into 
doing what I do day to day, and regardless of how stressful it is, I always know that things are going to be all right. Everything's going to be great. Excellent. And we're going to get into some of those tough times because mm-hmm. I think those tough times are very important for men to realize that many of us do have tough times. They're not always the same as each other's, but we all have tough times. And that's the important thing is how we get out of that. But before we even get into that, I gave a very brief bio about you and talked a little bit about what you're doing and where you're headed. But I would like to hear it from you. I'd like to uh, hear your story, kind of what you've been up to and a little bit about what you're headed because we're going to get more into that in the show, but let's get a little bit personal. Sure, not a problem. So, um, you know, my name is David Schloss, for those of you who don't know me. Uh, I've been marketing online since 2007. Basically, uh, started marketing online because I was looking for an outlet that would help me pay for college. I was 18 years old. I was looking for something that would allow me to not have to worry about paying my rent, my tuition, and all those good things. And, uh, you know, the first search I did on Google to sort of put my interest into the world of marketing was how do I make money online? And that led me into a dark hole of awesome articles and blogs and all these things that I never truly looked into uh, in investigating whether or not internet marketing was a thing or something I would even jump into as a career. And that was just the kickstart of me you know, creating an agency and connecting with all these people and going to events and so on and so forth. But I didn't start my own business until 2011, uh, 2011 in January, start of the year. I had the intention of creating something that uh, I felt I could not only be at utmost importance to local businesses and, and national businesses, but something I'd actually enjoy doing for the rest of my life. And from then on out, I've been doing social media and social advertising campaigns for people. Uh, from the comfort of my own home or uh, a Starbucks or an office of, of choice. And, you know, regardless of the tough times, I've continued to be persistent and create uh, amazing campaigns for clients all across the U.S. and, and around the world, uh, especially on Facebook, and really just take things to the next level. That's pretty amazing. So did you finish college? Yes. I actually finished college uh, four years. I went to the University of Florida, got a bachelor's degree in the travel and tourism uh, field. Basically, uh, if I ever decided I needed a backup plan, it would be in the hospitality space because uh, Florida is, is huge in hospitality, so I figured why not. And you know, even though I finished my four-year degree and thought I was going to do something with it, I just built up this massive amount of passion in the world of online marketing and social media that I just continued to persist uh, my way through that and started my business and tech it, you know, take it to a level I never thought would be where I am today. Well, that's excellent. And I'm sure you've received other, uh, you know, really good experiences and stuff to share and, and maybe even using your business or even, you know, a lot of your business has to do with hospitality mm-hmm. and the social, even though it's in a social uh, networking sense, it still has kind of directly relates, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of the principles that I learned in the hospitality school, just more along the lines of customer service, how to manage projects, manage people. You know, a lot of those things that I learned in school uh, when it comes to the hospitality industry, especially in the state of Florida, where it's, it's the number one thing that is of core focus uh, in the entire state. You know, just applying that same knowledge, those same principles to my own business, having, you know, top-notch customer service, managing my employees in a way that compels them to want to grow with the business, 
versus uh, just their own personal growth, but actually growing the business with me and seeing the vision as well uh, has truly helped me continue on and, and create this agency in a way that uh, I didn't think was possible for someone in their 20s coming out of college with you know, a degree in something completely outside of what I wanted to do for my future. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that you go through college and I don't know what your motive, what was your motivation to get into the degree plan that you were working on? Well, I actually had a very early failure uh, in my, you know, beginning of university. It was basically first semester I flunked out. I, I flunked really bad. I almost lost my scholarship. And basically, I was in the business school. I was going into finance. I originally wanted to be an investment banker, or at least I thought. And so I went <laughs> through the whole you know, trajectory of what it'd be, uh, what I'd need to take in order to be an investment banker. And within the first semester, I, I failed. I failed three of my seven classes, and I was on the verge of losing my scholarship. And after speaking to my counselor, she said, look, David, the only other option you have is to either get straight A's and somehow manage to pull through and keep your scholarship uh, but even then you wouldn't be able to stay in the business school so your next option is to go into hospitality because that's where a lot of the business students who don't make it in this school go to as a backup plan so I looked at hospitality originally as my backup and you know if worst case scenario I'd go there and see what I can make of it but I actually looked at it as a brand new opportunity and seeing it in a way where you know, I, some people would call it the you know the reject school for the business students who didn't make it. For me, it was a whole new opportunity to showcase my skill in a way that the business school would not be able to see since I was no longer in it. And so I took that opportunity to, you know, just transfer immediately upon hearing you know it's probably best for you to do that. And uh, while I was learning all this online marketing strategy and tactics and how to run a business, I was applying it to my schoolwork to begin with. So I was meshing the two things together and learning at an exponential rate versus just having to do everything on my own. Yeah, thanks for sharing that with us because mm -hmm. that is, I didn't even expect to get that, uh, that you went into something completely different. And it's interesting, you know, the, the turn of events, and this is one thing I try to point out to so many people is, you know, we start down one road and at some point, you know, you're forced down another fork in the, in the road, so to speak, um, either by our own actions, inactions, or just circumstances in general. But all the while, it seemed like you were kind of building up a backup plan on the side. Did you realize it at the time that that's what you were doing? I really had no idea. I, I figured, you know what, I'm going to figure something out along the way. So I was basically doing just two things at once. And whichever one was the one that took off first was the direction I would end up going. And so, you know, creating a business online, getting my degree, whichever one seemed most promising at the end of the tunnel, you know, when I got my degree and I'm at graduation and I'm contemplating what to do next, I figured whichever one I feel the most passion for and has the most area for growth is the direction I'm going to go. And the moment I got my, you know, my, my degree and I'm on stage, I'm, you know, get off stage, I'm with my family and everything, in that moment... I already knew I wasn't going to dive into the hospitality space. I really got my degree as a sign of, okay, this chapter of my life is done. I'm going to go do what I want now. And so the minute I was done with school, it was online marketing and, and everything that I had been studying on my own from then on out. I love that. There are so many messages there. So I definitely want to get into what you're doing now and what you ended up doing 
after college and you've built up to it at this point and I know you've been doing quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, and before we get into that I really want to get into your kick in the gut moment something that mm-hmm. really kind of triggered a turning point in your life I'd love to sh- love for you to share that with the audience sure so you know right out of, out of school got my degree uh, there was a moment in time I actually had to get a job just to make a little bit of money because the agency wasn't providing uh, for me enough to you know go out on my own I, I did this typical uh, college student route once they graduate you know lived at home for a while uh, you know built up a nice amount of savings to eventually go and do my own thing you know and, and living with my girlfriend so that you know I, I'd be establishing my life essentially and you know when I decided to go my own way 18 months after having a job you know creating enough savings to feel like I was comfortable enough to go do it you know and I quit I had about a year of success before everything went downhill uh, so this is my my gut check basically uh, after a year of going out on my own, you know, just strictly living off of the, you know, client retainers that I had and, you know, taking care of everyone who's working with me contractor wise and assistants and everything. Uh, there was one moment at the beginning of January, 2014, where I talked to every single client I had at the time. I had about, uh, seven or eight clients continuously paying every single month. And when I did my year end review with them, only one out of those eight clients stayed. So my entire business went from making, you know, ten thousand dollars a month, which at a you know at the age of twenty four, twenty five was great, to making only a thousand dollars a month, and my bills was far exceeding that number. Mm-hmm. So I went from having a, you know, decently successful business at a young age to losing almost all of it in a matter of well, the beginning of twenty, uh, you know, fourteen. It was all gone, and I had to figure out what I was going going to do next and quite honestly you know a lot of people would ask me you know why didn't you just go and get more clients well I attempted that I was just doing things in a in a way that are far different than how I do them now with getting clients which at the time it was I was doing a lot of cold calling I was you know asking for referrals but I wasn't really giving anything in return and thus I didn't get as many referrals as I wanted I couldn't keep clients longer than you know, three or four months at a time. I didn't understand client retention, you know, how to keep them happy. I was learning these things as I go. So some clients would stay long-term because I got them great results, and some were just looking for a little extra, you know, whether it was more attention, you know, a little extra work here and there that would make them think I was, you know, really looking out for them and trying to get them the most in their business, and I wasn't doing that. You know, I was doing the bare minimum. I was collecting the, the check that came in from these clients, and that was it. I would stop. And so I wasn't really doing anything to impress my clients, and thus I lost them all. And for 10 months in 2014, my business stayed at only making $1,000 a month. I was not able to sign a brand new client for 10 months. I was hitting all sorts of emotions. I had depression. I had what I would call career suicide thoughts, which was do I go back to get a job or do I keep my business going? And I contemplated that a lot because I thought that every move I made in my business, I was doing incorrectly. You know, I can't sign a client. No one wants to work with me. No one believes in me. All these things were going through my head. And quite honestly, it was, it was one of the most depressing times of my life because I almost had my relationship end. Uh, my family absolutely hated talking to me. I lost a ton of friends because I was never social. I was always stressed out about I can't get my business back in order. Why is this happening to me? And so for 10 months, blew through my savings, business went nowhere, 
and almost decided to get back to the nine to five. And it was basically Halloween of 2014 when I had zero dollars in my bank account and I had two weeks to pay my car and rent was due and I couldn't pay any of it. And that was that moment that I really had to figure out what am I going to do? That was the, the gut check was like, okay, you have no choice now. You got to make a decision. There's no more waiting. And so that was that very moment that things sort of hit the ground and I had nowhere to go. I was rock bottom. So what was that turning point? I mean, because, you know, at this point, I, I can feel your anxiety. I can definitely mm-hmm. feel your, your des- desperation at this point. And I've often heard, you know, and I've had this conversation with many mentors and coaches and whatnot that say, you know, you never want to operate out of a state of desperation. Mm-hmm. because your clients see that it comes out in your writing it comes definitely comes out in your voice mm-hmm. uh, so how did you overcome that obviously we're coming to that enough is enough moment mm-hmm. where something's got to change uh, how did you transition you know this is all relevant I, I used to have a belief that being vulnerable meant you were weak but I used my vulnerability in my situation and went to my friends and colleagues that I, I absolutely trusted with all my heart and I contacted Roughly 300 people that I knew personally had either done business with or met at events or something like that. And the thing that really shifted this and, and turned it all around was me being vulnerable with them and, and asking them, if there was one piece of advice you can give to me to get out of this rut, what would you give to me? What should I do? I had 300 plus conversations with people asking, what would you do if you were me in this situation? But I not only garnered advice from this, I was also able to, you know, talk to people in a, in a deeper conversation where I may not have ever had that with them previously. You know, they got to learn more about me and what I was going through and the fact that I was being honest and truthful with them and and letting them know like, Hey, I'm struggling right now. I'm, I'm really reaching out to you because I'm looking for that, that one ray of light that could turn things around and Maybe you're the person who can give me that one piece of advice that, that flips everything on its head and gets me back on, on my feet. And what I realized in having a lot of these conversations was, you know, I, I'd end up asking people, you know, what can I do to, to serve you? What, what is it that I could do that would help you, you know, grow your business today? Is there anything that I could do for you? And this was at a time where I was becoming far more confident with my skills as a Facebook advertiser. I mean, I, I've been doing Facebook ads at that moment, you know, almost four years, and I was wondering why I wasn't signing more clients to do Facebook ads. I was very good at it and still am to this day, but I didn't truly believe in my skill at the time. But during one of these conversations, I remember asking one of my good friends, you know, hey, can I do an account audit for you for free? I'm not going to charge you. Can I just audit your account? And I'll tell you what you could do to turn around your account, whether it's the campaign side or ad sets or ad imagery, something. I will audit the whole account for free, and I'll come back to you with a report. And if anything turns out great for you after you make these changes, just let me know. And so I was developing a portfolio of account audits. And that was the the beginning of the whole business turnaround because I didn't know it would lead to you know, 20 account audits in a two-week span just from asking people, can I do an audit for you? And those audits ended up being the case studies I needed to go to people who didn't know me and say, look, I could do this for you. 
not only can I audit your account, I can actually manage your account for you and do everything I just mentioned here for whatever amount I was charging at the time. And that was the beginning of the whole turnaround in my business. Within about a month and a half, I went from having only one client to having seven. I reached out to all these people. I asked for help. And next thing you know, I'm offering a service, which at the one time was doing, not charging anything at all, to now charging $1,500 a month to manage seven people's accounts, 1500 per client. And next thing you know, I have seven clients within a you know, six-week span. And it all just started with me being vulnerable with the people that I you know, adore and trust with my life. And they felt my pain. They saw that I was doing my best to get out of this. And they lent me what I needed to get out of that. And that was the beginning of everything turning around. You know, there's so much going on there in that whole story of how you turned that around. And one, you're absolutely correct. Being vulnerable is being a man. I mean, mm-hmm. showing people that, you know, where you're at in life and that builds trust. And then they had trust in you. And then one thing that I always say is confidence is not a requirement. It's a result. Mm-hmm. So you gained confidence in evaluating and reviewing all of those sites that you mentioned for free and then they in turn gain confidence from you which mm-hmm. then you gain confidence from the marketplace yeah and there's so much more going on there it's just it's just amazing what's the biggest thing you'd like to share that you learned from all that experience well what i learned is that you know don't be scared to ask for help you know a lot of people find that asking for help is you know it's a sign of things going going south it's weakness uh, it means that you're unable to do whatever you set yourself to do. You know, there's a variety of different connotations that go with it. But, you know, vulnerability and asking for help, they go hand in hand. And I feel that uh, a lot of people in the business realm, they don't ask for help. They, they feel that by asking, it, it's just going to devalue what they do. And I found that asking for help is what has actually helped me grow a lot quicker than anything else. You know, no matter how many courses I went through or blog posts I read or books I read, Asking for help gave me the education I needed to progress a lot faster because that confidence was built from a conversation. Whether it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes long, as soon as I finished those conversations with people, I felt like a completely different person. Yeah, it was definitely very empowering. Mm-hmm, 100%. Because you never know what someone's going to say to you that can give you the motivation you needed in that very moment to get things back on track. Whether it's you know with your business, your relationships, your family, anything, whatever it is that's bothering you at that moment could be completely turned around just from one conversation. Right. So what do you say to the guy out there who feels the need to be vulnerable, whether it's for his personal life or for his business, but is afraid of the haters that are out there because we certainly have them? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, you know, I, I find haters to be motivators. <laughs> you <laughs> know, it's. That. You know, to me, the people who hate on your success or hate on the fact that you ask for help or or whatever it may be or or the vision that you've created for yourself, I feel that the reason they hate on you is because they don't have what it is that you have. They don't understand your vision, so they're going to hate on it. They don't understand what it's like to have people in their corner, so they're going to hate you for having people in your corner. It's simply there's a lack of or something that they have not experienced in themselves that makes them hate the fact that you have. 
they're just hating that they haven't reached that step in their life to need or want those things. Or maybe they don't know how to experience it. So they're simply just denying it or being delusional to it and just thus hating. And so for me, you know, hating just motivates me to continue to do it. Not everyone's going to like you. Regardless of whatever service you create or product you put out in the marketplace, you're not going to bat a thousand. You're not going to have a, a 100% positive rating. There's going to be p- people who hate it. And so it's just a natural progression of life and business and just accept it for what it is. Yes, and I've found that in, in my personal experience that if you are liked by everybody, generally you're not really progressing a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in my experience, because you cannot please everybody. I really don't know the actual formula for success, but I do know a formula for failure, and that is trying to please everybody all the time. Yep. And one, you're either going to work yourself to death, and you're basically going to be you know, you're running on a treadmill and getting nowhere. Exactly. Yeah. So let's get a little bit into what exactly you do for your clients. I mean, we've alluded to it a little bit, but what exactly do you do and why? So... I provide social advertising services, so primarily running advertising on networks such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, anything that is a social network that has an ad platform. I am most known for the Facebook ad platform. Yeah, I've almost run ads on this platform for five years now. Uh, basically got in in its, in its infancy when you know Power Editor was nowhere near where it is today, where... You know, we had the ability to create an agency behind the scenes and have everything managed from business manager. I was running ads on the platform when likes were a penny, consistently a penny or even less. You know, video views weren't even accessible at the time. You know, so I've been in that platform and immersing myself with it since, um, you know, almost five years ago. And so right now, I am most known for that platform. People come to me almost every day asking for you know, a course or advice or consulting or a service offer of can you do this for me? And so I always tell people, you know, I'm a social media advertiser or I'm a social advertising professional, but I am most proficient and most known for the Facebook ad platform. It's very interesting that we're actually having this conversation, even though I knew it was coming up, because what I've been doing all morning is studying exactly that. Facebook advertising, everything starting from having your fan page and the way that's got to be set up so it can be compliant. In fact, I was just now reading the compliance. Uh, I have the page up here right now for advertising policies on Facebook. And I'm here to tell you, um, I'm no dummy. I'm a patient man, but it's a lot of work. There are, mm-hmm. if, to do it right, you can just throw an ad up there. You can do that. And you can throw, you're throwing an ad up there. You're throwing money down the drain. I know this because I've done it many times over and now I'm like I got to learn this stuff I just want to learn this stuff and uh, connect with people like you as well to learn even more but there's so much this is just Facebook and and it correlates a little bit with Instagram because they're the same company now but Mm -hmm. my goodness gracious there's just so much to it and a service like yours so do you do like a, a done for you type of services or is it more just training done for you So it's a mixture of both training and the done-for-you aspect. And when I work with a client, yes, I'm doing the ad creative and the ad copy and all those things with my team, of course, behind the scenes. 
you know, we're doing those things for clients, but we're also educating the client on what is going on. You know, we don't just sign an agreement on the first and don't report back to the 30th and say, here, hey, here's what happened. You know, every week we're telling our client, you know, here's why we chose this audience. Here's how we're split testing the ads. Here's why this ad set is performing better than another. And we go in deep detail with the client. So they not only get an education out of what's going on, they're able to understand it and not have to ask us a thousand questions as to, you know, why would you use this creative instead of this one? Or why does this one get a dollar click and this one gets 10 cents? You know, they, they're able to go in themselves and understand exactly what's going on. So they're getting that, that fresh perspective from the beginning of the campaign until at any point, if we decide to end it, they understand exactly what happened during the entire campaign process. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's I'm definitely a done-for-you type of guy for the most part when my budget can allow it. <laughs> so, and that's how I've built most of my website, quite frankly. And it's just the same aspect as done for me, but at the same time, I still have access to take a look at things and make some changes myself if mm-hmm. need be. But um, what are some, at least one good news story that, and I, I know you've got many, but I'd like to hear a good news story uh, on some of the projects that you and your team have done. Sure. Uh, so, you know, every month we put out a case study. Uh, I put it out publicly on my Facebook wall uh, because, well, I like to share positive news of clients that we work with. And uh, just in the last month, for example, we helped a client go from, uh, in six months, go from producing $0 in revenue with an email list of 7,000 people, 7,000 people he never advertised to, he didn't know what to do with it, taking those 7,000 people using Facebook and and creating a new audience along the way from zero to $800,000 in revenue in six months using Facebook ads and a pre-existing list of 7,000 people that were never marketed to. And that's just one client. You know, we have coaching clients who, you know, they're they're looking for coaching students. You know, their packages can be anywhere from $1,000 to you know, $10,000 depending on what industry they're in and what they're providing for the student. You know, and we have, for example, a coach where we spent $40,000 in ad spend and they produced $180,000 in receivables. That's not including if they buy a done-for-you on the back end or they buy any additional coursework. This is just for one-on-one time with the coach. So there's a lot more opportunity for the coach to sell something else. Mm-hmm. But to... You know, only spend forty thousand dollars and make a hundred and it was actually a hundred and eighty receivable. They had a couple other things in the in the pipeline. I mean, it could have ended up being a two or three hundred thousand dollar launch from forty thousand dollars in spend, no existing list or anything. You know, we've had uh, clients who've done product launches where they sell a three hundred dollar course. Uh, just in the last month, we were doing a product launch of a software where we only put $5,000 into the campaign, the software with no list produced over $100,000 in sales with a $5,000 spend during the launch process. I mean, we, we've been figuring out every little possible way that a person with a digital product or a coaching program or a webinar for that matter can utilize a, a minimum amount of budget and re- produce a very large result in a short period of time, which most people would consider to be, 
you know, it could be spammy or scammy. It's not possible. I have tons of screenshots to prove that it is. When you have an irresistible offer, something people want, you don't need a lot of money to get someone interested in buying it. And so we have dozens upon dozens of screenshots just last month of people producing results like this. And I have screenshots dating back, you know, two, three years of results. So, you know, that's just a couple of examples just in the last month. That's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. And I've seen some of the stuff that you've posted, and mm-hmm. I'm truly amazed at the investment that is put in, and then the return on the investment is just amazing. Mm-hmm. When it's done right. I mean, I've seen people at the same time just get so frustrated with the whole you know, marketing piece of their business and even nonprofits. You know, they just lose money hand over fist because they don't know what they're doing. So it's extremely important to get the right people on the job without a right. doubt. Absolutely. And there's a lot of great Facebook professionals out there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love for everyone to contact me, but I also know there are great people out there. But like you mentioned, you know, you want it done right. And some people have formulas that are that are great for others. And I know that my formula is not great for everyone, right? There's certain formulas that fit certain industries. But when you find that person that aligns with your vision, they align with what you're selling, you can create amazing results and so when you are talking with someone who understands you know the facebook ad platform or any other platform for that for that matter don't just look at the price and what they're offering look at how you communicate with that person look at what they communicate back to you when the campaign's going on if you decide to move forward understand how that person works because you want to have a not only a successful experience but something you're happy in experiencing along the way you don't want to feel stressed or unhappy at any point you want to be thoroughly enjoyed and well excited when your ad campaigns are running not concerned yeah that personal connection is definitely extremely important the other thing i want to point out in my experience that i know is important in these platforms is having an expert who stays on top of the platform and knows that platform very well because the algorithms change so many people start advertising and marketing on google and on youtube and they've had their youtube accounts completely shut down just because and they've gotten better over time i know youtube used to just change a policy and then any of those not in compliance would shut you down but now they give you a little grace period to catch up but if you're not working with somebody that's paying attention to that for you Chances are you're not because you're paying attention to your own business and just running along with your marketing that's been out there for the last couple of months. Next thing you know, your revenue drops and you're wondering why is because you got shut down. And Facebook, just the other day, a friend of mine got shut down on Facebook because she's got a home business, uh, some clothing line and stuff. She's not completely shut down, but she's limited services. Let's just put it that way. She's in Facebook jail. Yeah, and I hear stories about that all the time. You know, accounts getting shut down for no reason. People don't understand why they get shut down. I mean, trust me, even as an agency owner, I experience shutdowns often. You know, we'll start running ads in an industry. Let's say we have two different fitness clients. One's a personal trainer. The other one is more of like a a, a fitness, uh, you know, brand, right? Someone who's Mm -hmm. selling coursework or anything like that. We'll be advertising to very similar audiences, and one of those accounts can get in trouble for no reason it just happens and really there's a variety of things that facebook looks at when they determine whether or not you should be shut down anything from 
negative feedback to you know something on the site that you're advertising may not be within compliance and i read personally the compliance once a week just to make sure facebook hasn't been changing it you know so we go myself and one other person on my team read the compliance weekly and so you can understand the compliance to a t and still experience a shutdown it's the nature of the game it happens and that's why you always have a backup plan when it comes to running facebook ads that's why we always tell our clients hey you have a business manager make sure you have two accounts set up just for you before you move on to anything else because if something happens to one at least you have another just in case yeah that's a very good point and i got to tell you the facebook policies and the advertising policies is not a hard read it's actually mm-hmm. a very very simple read it's not in jargon it's very simple to read and it's in normal language and i'll tell you i just read the whole thing and just before this uh getting on the line with you and there's some stuff that i learned in there was like wow that is i had no idea that that was in there and i could have potentially based on what i was going to put out there could have potentially been shut not even um the ad would have never been authorized right yeah so at this point david we are at the point to where we're going to pay it forward to Mm -hmm. men of abundance you ready for that yeah absolutely let's do it outstanding so give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today all right so i humbly suggest that everyone create an action plan not just for their week or for their day i go as far as creating action plans for the following you have a daily plan that leads into the weekly plan that leads into the monthly plan that leads into the quarterly that leads to the yearly and the reason why i say that is because you want to have a big vision something that can go beyond obviously just one year but if you're really trying to accomplish a lot within a calendar year 12 months you got to have enough plans in place to get things done based on deadlines and certain things may arise or, or th- certain things may be in addition to what you want to create whether it's being an author or speaking on stages or growing an agency to you know five hundred thousand dollars a month whatever it may be so you have to have the plans in place in order to make that a reality and so i take my action plans to the next level i plan on a daily weekly monthly quarterly and yearly uh base that's my framework and so i'll create the yearly first and work backwards so here's my big plan that i want to create now what do i have to do on a quarterly level to get to that point what do i have to create on a monthly what do i have to create on a yearly and then get down to the daily so that's one thing i suggest in uh you know being able to scale and create a business of your dreams or even a life you can apply that to anything it doesn't have to be just business and then the next thing i would suggest um is creating a vision that you almost feel is impossible to create but you'd die to go after something that you can get passionately behind be motivated and inspired to go after because you know it's for the greater good of not just yourself but the people around you you know i want to speak on stages and and show to people that you can overcome adversity you can create a business of your dreams you can do all this from the comfort of your home on spare time you don't need you know ten thousand dollars to do this you you don't need a variety of things you could start with a hundred dollars in a dream and so i've wanted to you know speak on stages and and be an author and build this massive agency and it's all unfolding 
day by day by day. All because I had this vision back in 2007 of creating everything that I'm seeing unfold to my, in front of me today. It's finally happening. And so on top of that action plan, having that vision, the bigger picture, you know, yeah, you might be in your 20s or 30s or 40s now, but what are you going to be doing in your 50s and 60s and beyond? And having that with you and just being aware of it keeps you going through the good and the bad. So that's the next thing I would say. And if there was one other thing I would throw in there, it would be to be persistent, right? Yes, you have the plan. Yes, you have the vision. But a lot of people fall off the bandwagon of themselves along the way. You know, they might get depressed about something. Maybe a project doesn't go as well. Or maybe they experience what I did, which is they lose all their clients. Well, instead of just allowing that to take over your world and really just shut things down and take you off the path that you've set for yourself, continue to be persistent with what it is that you set yourself to be. Whether it's, you know, like me trying to speak on stage and being a well-known author and creating this agency that helps people around the world, you know, yes, I could deviate away from that for a month. You know, something may come up personally or whatever it may be, but I'm not going to stop going after my vision. So it's the persistence of what you've planned, what you want to create, and whatever it is you want to bring to this world as your legacy, never forget that it's there. So persist until you win. Keep going. Don't stop. Excellent advice. I truly appreciate that. Some very powerful stuff that you shared there with Men of Abundance. What habits make up the biggest impact in your life? So every morning um, for 30 minutes, I meditate. I get very, very clear with what my intention is for the day. You know, what do I want to accomplish? Who do I want to speak to? And what is it that I will gain at the end of the day that will move me closer to my vision? And so that 30 minutes of meditation, you know, it's my, uh, you know, it's one of the things that I learned from, uh, I'm a part of a self-mastery, self-discovery group uh, locally where I live in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And we get together every month and, you know, we learn different meditation techniques and we work with each other on, you know, being able to take ourselves to the next level of what greater version we can be uh, to this world. And one of the forms of meditation I learned along the way through this group is what do I, what I apply every single day for 30 minutes. And sometimes I'll do it twice a day, but I start every morning meditating for 30 minutes, getting clear on what I want to achieve for the day who I want to talk to, and what that end result will be. And that one thing can set the tone for the whole day. I notice when I don't meditate, my day is all over the place. I'll, I'll skip over things, and you know, sometimes calls will go way longer than they should, and it throws off the, the time scale of what I wanted to accomplish. And so I, that really does help impact my entire day. Uh, another daily habit, at least something that has become more of a daily ritual again, is you know I, I exercise at least you know, 30 to 45 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be every day, but I, I set the intention of doing some form of physical activity just to get my mind away from, you know, the, the hustle and bustle of business. You know, just go outside for a walk with my dog. Maybe I'll get on the elliptical for a bit just to unwind and get away. And those two things alone really help me do what I do. I don't need a lot of different rituals to, you know, be successful uh, with whatever it is I'm trying to go after. It's you know, if I meditate and just do a little bit of activity, I have so much energy and I'm 
motivated throughout the whole day to do what I want. And that's, you know, work with my clients, develop product, consult with people, build new relationships, so on and so forth. So those two things are really important. Very important indeed. I find that many people completely overlook mind and body health Mm -hmm. And it's paramount, absolutely. With everybody that I know that are living abundant lifestyles and successful in their own right, they all basically say the same thing. So what book would you recommend to our abundant leaders and why? So uh, one of the books that I read you know, years ago that I still to this day reference is a book called The 50th Law by Robert Greene and Curtis Jackson, also known as 50 Cent. Now the reason why I really enjoy this book is not because – 50 Cent's my favorite musician. He actually is. I enjoy hip-hop a lot, so I listen to him a lot. But the thing that got my attention with this book is, you know, I originally read The 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene, and this book sort of took it into a direction where, you know, you're digging into a mind of a guy who's not just an entrepreneur and a hip-hop artist, but, you know, he found his way to set himself apart with his fearless philosophy, you know, being fearless with what he creates and... He's persistent with everything that he does. And regardless of if something's a failure, he moves on to the next thing and keeps going. You know, 50 Cent has developed several dozen brands throughout his career. And yeah, he's had his bumps in the road, but he's a perfect example of someone who's overcame them and has kept going. You know, he's even filed bankruptcy and come up out of, the, out of that within a short period of time. I mean, this is a man who understands the entrepreneurial mindset, what it's like to go through adversity and still be a winner at the end of the day. And so when this book originally came out, you know, he didn't go through a lot of these things, but he still went through a lot in his life to come up with the principles that he follows in order to be an entrepreneur and and a very successful person at uh, anything he puts his mind to. So I always suggest that book to everyone around me. I'm definitely going to look that one up because I have not read that book. I have heard of it, but I have not read that book and I'll have that book listed in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 037. But one of the things that I find very interesting about musicians and anybody in that industry is that is a very, very competitive industry. And anybody who makes it, whether you like their art or not, whether you like their music or their lyrics or whatever it is, understand this. They have persistence. They are not sitting back on their laurels. They are out there hustling, working, and really doing what it takes to be successful in that industry. And I'm, I'm a strong believer. That's why I, you see so many of these artists that are doing that, like um, Ice Cube, Ice-T, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of rappers, a lot of these guys in the industry that's so competitive and then have so many other adversities in their life, they go on to do other things. They go into star in movies. They go into open up restaurants and boutiques and mm-hmm. a whole clothing line. It all comes from that, but it's because they're so persistent in everything they do. Yeah, and they have the vision. Yeah. They know that at the end of the day, their music career could end at any moment. You know, mm-hmm. a record label could drop them or people just stop listening to their music as often royalties only pay as much as people listen to the music so unless you're a you know rolling stone or you know bruce springsteen or something like that a lot of musicians never actually tap into their royalties it's not as much as people think it is and so they have to develop a entrepreneurial mindset and do other things outside music to actually make a living beyond their music career Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, surprisingly, obviously, like anything else, there's a lot of failures, but there's also a lot of people who end up being more successful outside of their initial career because they decided to get into some form, some form of entrepreneurship. And so, you know, Curtis Jackson, 50 Cent is a great example. You got, you know, Sean P. Diddy Combs. You have Dr. Dre, you know, who sold his Beats headphones uh, mm-hmm, to, to Apple. Apple. You know, mm-hmm. there's lots of examples just in the hip hop industry of people who've done amazing work. You know, Jay-Z, he has title music and a variety of other bands, uh, excuse me, brands. And so you, if you look throughout the industries, you'll see a lot of these musicians jump into other things as well because they know when this is all said and done, uh, I still have to earn a living somehow. So mm-hmm. they use that fame and fortune they've gained from music into other things. Absolutely. All right, so David, your episode is going to air on a Friday, which means I have a pay-it-forward Friday. And what I do is I allow my guest that airs on Friday to mention a charity that Men of Abundance will give to on our 12-month anniversary based off of what revenues that we have generated. Do you have a charity or nonprofit organization you'd like to mention? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I've always been a, a person who's always been a part of, you know, walks for cancer and and i've had a lot of people in my family who've experienced breast cancer and cancer in general so you know one of the uh cancer societies that i follow is the american cancer society you know anytime they have a walk locally or anything to support breast cancer awareness and and research i'm always active in that community of people and raising awareness and so you know i i fully back the american cancer society and you know i'm a part of that fight to uh, you know, remove cancer from society because it's uh, it's detrimental to a lot of people. I know a lot of people have experienced it personally in my family, and you know, I I don't want anyone to experience that as uh, a, that big of a traumatic situation in their life. So, uh, American Cancer Society is what I support. Yeah, excellent. Now we'll have that listed in the show notes as well as on our giving page at menofabundance.com. I truly appreciate you mentioning that. I actually lost my mother actually had breast cancer. She fought it. Then she ended up uh, being taken by brain cancer. So I am personally touched by that mm-hmm. as well. So I have one last question for you, David, and mm-hmm. that is what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Living a life of abundance to me means doing exactly what you want at any time you want and enjoying every living moment of it you know being able to wake up and dictate your own schedule having the ability to work with the people you want to work with you know regardless of the earning potential of what it is you're doing it's how you feel when you're doing it you know so for me a life of abundance is being able to wake up and enjoy who you are what you do and the people around you you know as an example i wake up every day and i'm happy to do exactly what i do i've dictated my life in the direction where there's not one thing i would change i thoroughly live a life of abundance so once again waking up doing exactly what you want to do however you want to do it being around the people you want to be with and just enjoying yourself Absolutely. I absolutely love that answer, David. And congratulations on living your life of abundance. It's a wonderful thing to see when people are truly living their life of abundance. And that's what this show is all about, just showing people that it is possible uh, Mm -hmm. to live that way and to have 
you know, live the way that you want to live. And that doesn't always mean to be an entrepreneur. If you absolutely love your job and you love the people around in your job and you love your lifestyle, then that's what it's all about. Yep, absolutely. Great. So before we close this up, I'd love for you to leave us with a parting piece of guidance. You've definitely left us with some great information already. But leave us with a parting piece of guidance in any way that we can reach you, get in contact with you, and even use any of your services. Sure. So last piece of guidance I would say to you all is don't quit. I know we've touched on this several times, but you'd be surprised how many people quit before things are about to take off. You know, the persistence aspect of things is incredibly important because you never know what day, time, or occasion will occur that'll finally make things click and allow you to take off in a direction you never thought was possible. And that's exactly what I what I experienced. If I decided to stop doing exactly what I was doing several years ago when I hit my lowest point in life, I would not be here today on this show. And so don't quit. Continue to be persistent. And you will create exactly what it is you plan to create for your life of abundance. So keep going. And if you would like to get in contact with me, you could find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Schlossy, that's S-C-H-L-O-S-S-Y. It's a nickname, by the way. Uh, you could also visit my website at convertroi.com. Uh, my phone number's there. My email's there. I'm a very open person. So if you're looking to you know, work with me in any capacity or just have a conversation with me and see how we can work and grow your business together, I'd be more than happy to have a conversation with you. And if you'd like to schedule a consult, everything is there. Make it very, very easy. But once again, you can find me on Facebook or you could find me on my website at convertroi.com. Excellent, David. I truly appreciate that. I appreciate you throwing all of that out there and all the ways to get in contact with you. I'm sure several men are going to be getting in contact with you in very short order. I appreciate your time, David. No problem. Thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. All right, men of abundance, that's all I have for you today. We did get a little bit technical there, but ultimately, my goal is to get to know the man behind the business, and I believe we accomplished that. So now it's time for you to go out and live your life of abundance and make sure you pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.